Three unqualified morons and microphones. This is the previously recorded podcast. What is up, party people? It is your host, RP, here uh, for this special episode of Previously Recorded, which, as always, is brought to you by Totally Tees and our Tee Public Store, which is in the show notes. You can get a ton of merch. It's on the Tee Public Store. We got hats. We got phone cases. Laptop cases. We got crew necks. We got T-shirts. We got, we got baseball tees. We do have ba- everything you want, baseball tees back. We got it all back, baby. Thank you for that great plug, Chain. Remember to check that out. Uh, it helps to support the show. Uh, so today's episode is actually going to be from the Gateway Gamers Blockbuster Summer, uh, where we talk about my all-time favorite movie. That might be surprised to some of you listeners. Is The Wizard of Oz. So over at Gateway Gamers all summer, we have been playing board games and recording episodes, releasing them on Friday, and then the following Monday, releasing an episode where we talk about the movie, review it, the history, the backstory, production, all that fun stuff that we usually do here, but just covering things that we don't usually cover on previously recorded. So it's been a real fun thing to do all summer uh, with Marvel because I didn't think we'd ever do a previously recorded episode on The Wizard of Oz, but it just coincided with a game about The Wizard of Oz that came out. So we covered that and then we talked about the movie and got a chance to rewatch it and it's still fantastic, but it was a lot of fun and I really want to share it with you guys in case you're not uh, listening to the Gateway Gamers. This might be a good intro episode for you and um, I wanted to give the guys off. Uh, a week for the summer. So here it is. They're off, and I'm going to be plugging in an episode of the Gateway Gamers uh, from the Blockbuster Summer discussing my all time favorite movie, The Wizard of Oz. And maybe you'll learn something because there's a lot of really cool, fun stuff that we talk about behind the scenes. Well, no, not all of it's fun because there's some really sad stuff associated with it, but you might learn something new that you didn't know before. And uh, it might even be an opportunity that you're like, hey, maybe I should rewatch this movie because it's great. Um, but this is an entryway into the Blockbuster Summer. Head over there uh, if you li- after you listen to this episode if you like it so you can check out. We did Jaws. We did Alien. We've done Harry Potter and so many other great films that you know and love. And you might learn something new and even a couple of those movies I watched for the first time getting to do this. Um, so I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to rate, like, and subscribe. Leave us a rating. Or as we say over at the Gateway Gamers for Blockbuster Summer, be kind, subscribe. All right, party people, so we will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. But until then, enjoy this episode of Gateway Gamers Blockbuster Summer presents The Wizard of Oz. It is the winter of 1938. Snow White and the Seven Doors has just premiered to critical and commercial success. Seeing the success of this children's book adaptation, MGM feels the need to adapt their own. They quickly purchased the rights to L. Frank Baum's popular novel from producer Samuel Goldwyn, who toyed with the idea of making his own fantasy movie. After several drafts, rewrites, director, and actor changes, production begins in late 1938 on what was, at the time, MGM's most expensive movie ever made. After a troubled production, the film opens in late summer of 1939 to critical success, winning two Academy Awards but doesn't turn a profit, leaving MGM execs puzzled. It is not until the film's re-release in 1949 and subsequent TV broadcasts in 1956 that it finds its legs and begins to cement its place as one of the all-time classics in American cinema, going on to become the most seen film in movie history. That's right, the morons are talking the beloved classic, The Wizard of Oz. Hi, welcome to the Gateway Gamers Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm RP. And this is a podcast where a veteran like me introduces the world of gaming to a noob. Like me. Not too bad, huh? Yeah. Not as good as as you, but it's uh, it's not too, too bad. You uh, do a very good job. Told you. You're taking taking reins of back of the box. You're reading the intro. It's not as easy. It's only for, uh, you know, things that... that rest this is deep, yours you know, yeah rest deep with me um but how you doing man happy whatever day it is of the week and mm-hmm. happy monday to all you listeners out there if you're listening to release i know this is always a hot tape and people are can't wait to to see this you know just like people used to line up to watch wizard of oz every thanksgiving uh night in front of their tvs at home back in the old day uh mm-hmm. but you doing well yeah i'm doing great i'm like i'm pretty excited to talk about this one because it's it was a nice change of pace from aliens and sharks and <laughs> dinosaurs to have like this nice more of a sit down a relaxed movie a nice cozy movie it is a very very cozy movie 
And a movie that I haven't actually watched start to finish in a really long time for, you know, being my favorite movie. I usually throw it on, don't finish it kind of thing. You know, I've, I've seen it so many times that I can pick up anywhere and it doesn't really matter. But after not seeing this movie for a really long time, kind of right off the bat, what are your what are your thoughts? I'm kind of the same. I think this is the first time I watched it. I don't even know how long it has to be like easily over 10 years. Like I can't think of the last time I turned this movie on and like sat down and watched it like you. I've probably seen it on TV and watched like snippets here and there. Um, but for not having watched it in so long, it I was right there again as a kid. Like I knew what was coming. I knew like the lines. I just I knew this movie beat by beat. So I probably watched it like a thousand times as a kid. <laughs> uh, I definitely did. And it's it's just one of those movies, man, that just transports you back to one of the first times you're watching it. Um, do you remember the first time you saw this film? I can't. No, yeah, I, me either. I it's remember just... having the clamshell of it. So whatever release mm-hmm. that it came on VHS, I had like the clamshell. Like it was yellow, Dorothy in the middle, and the Scarecrow line, Tim Man at the bottom. Like skipping That's... towards. No, the one I had was they were like looking over some sort of fence, and like it was a blue background, yellow brick road, Emerald City in the background. See, I'm, I'm picturing them skipping toward the castle and like. Well, this, that's like that is a version. I mean, there's been so many re-releases mm-hmm. of it, you know, in our age difference. I mean, that's probably I just had the later one, but this was a movie that uh, one. You know, like how you hear all the time growing up uh, as a kid. You know, I played this tape so much I broke it. Like this is one of the ones that I actually like nearly broke. Uh, I played it so much that my sister could hear it through the walls. And then even when I wasn't playing it, she thought she was hearing it through the walls. And this is just my all time favorite movie. It's just, it brings back so many memories and it is my, my childhood as a, you know, this was the movie I went to all the time, no matter what the soundtrack I played over and over again. I even watched an old tape of the wizard of Oz on ice, which whatever. And then there was the wizard (laughs) of Oz in concert with Jackson Brown as the scarecrow and jewel was Dorothy, uh, Roger Daltrey, Nathan Lane. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. What was that? It was like a benefit concert called dreams come true. And if you haven't heard, if you're a fan of wizard of Oz, just go look up on YouTube wizard of Oz in concert just to hear those versions of the song. That's my favorite version of if I only had a brain. Uh, it's beautiful that the voices, their voices are so, so, so nice. But yeah, I just, I could go on and on and gush about this movie, how much I love it. How, no, I'm excited to talk about the kind of the development and the behind the scenes stuff uh, that I, this is one of those things too, that I've always just known the issues with this movie, because when the internet came out, this was, you know, and you have all this downtime when you're at school or you're in college sitting in class and you're just like, ah, go down a rabbit hole. This is one of the movies that like I would find myself on the Wikipedia page and 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 knowing more and more and more about the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I I had like a a vague sense of like everything that went on behind the scenes. I knew some of the stories, but like I really delved dive deep like into more of the backstory of everything. And I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, like it's not surprising because it was 1938 like or 37 uh-huh. like when they were making us so like some of the stuff i'm like yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a different time like all right well the fact alone that the, the, the director change that they went through yeah like four times <laughs> yeah so the original director was norman tayrog then he was replaced by richard thorpe for like not even a full two weeks mm-hmm. and then came in george cooker i believe is how you pronounce it and then he left to go do Gone with the Wind. So they brought in Victor Fleming, who's apparently a Nazi sympathizer. And okay. uh, then he left in February of that year to go do Gone with the Wind. And uh, then King Vidor came and finished it. And he doesn't even take credit for it. Victor Fleming used to not take credit for this film. And it didn't until, uh, I guess, his family decided once he passed away that he could be the credited director. But yeah, I mean, it, th- it, that alone is just is wild. It, a production to this level in the, in the pantheon of American cinema to know that it went through the hands of four different directors is crazy to me. Yeah. And they try to like figure out what who directed what. Like there's some like argument of who filmed like the beginning with like the sepia tone and who filmed like what scene. So it's interesting that like 
they don't even have a log of who really yeah, I don't kind of jumped one, in. The only one I know is that Norman Torog, the original one, he did a lot of the, the test screenings and uh, he did film the beginning, but then I'm pretty sure they had to replace when they replaced the Tin Man and uh, the Wicked Witch, they went back and refilmed that anyway. Yeah. Um, which that alone too is, is crazy that this was kind of developed with the idea to have uh, a very popular actor at the time, Buddy Ebsen. He was originally set to play the Scarecrow. As you all know, the Scarecrow was played by Ray Bolger, and the Ray Bolger was cast as the Tin Man, which that alone would have been a very interesting interpretation of the role. But uh, apparently he loved whatever Wizard of Oz came out prior, and one of his favorite actors played the Scarecrow, so he had this desire to bring that to the screen from from what i read and so him and buddy epson switched roles and buddy epson went on to play the tin man ended up having an allergic reaction to the metallic makeup that they had yeah. to use which <laughs> that fact is something i've always known i don't know how but that is i think it might have been from one of the behind the scenes things that i watched yeah i feel like that's one of them i kind of knew too and it like the metal coated his lungs and he had to be in like a tent like yeah like it was <laughs> It was bad. And the funniest part is like he was the first person cast and then he ended up not even being in the movie because he switched roles with another actor. Yeah. Um, which was that... something. Sorry, I don't mean to keep cutting off. Something was crazy. That I read like or kind of didn't know was like how casting was done back then. Like you were you're basically owned by the company or like the movie studio. It wasn't like now where it's like, all right, we're getting a contract for one movie where it was just like all right, we own you. Yep. You're doing this movie. Do whether or not they want to do it or not. Like, and how they tried to get a what's her name to play Dorothy? Uh, Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. They tried to get Shirley Temple and like try to negotiate with whoever owned her contract. Like she couldn't. They couldn't be like, hey, do you want to do this movie? She's like, oh, sure, swell. But they were just <laughs> like, hey, do you want to do this movie? And the, the company's just like, no, we own her. You can't have her. Like. <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's very just, much like the way to put it in, in today's terms is like how the uh, European League operates kind of where MGM got, I think it was Jack Haley who played the Tin Man. They got him on loan from Fox. Like that's how yeah. movie studios operate. It was you guess you signed a contract, but then you're with that studio for 10 years life. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But it was so, I agree, it's so interesting now that that is how it used to work and not, you know, a role to role, um, which I guess if you were a bad actor, it was a benefit to you because a yeah. studio had you and they were going to use you. But it's like, um, how many movies were they probably in with are like, I don't want to do this, but it's like, you shut your mouth and do the movie. <laughs> well, so many, so, so Apparently many. this movie, no one really. Oh, really? I didn't read that. Yeah, like, well, because of the grueling conditions, like they were they were not having a great time. And I watched like an interview after, and I think that the actor played a scarecrow. I think after a certain point, he looked back on it fondly, but like, I know for a long time, he's like, I just, I didn't care about this movie. Like I just didn't, but I think eventually like the fame and longevity of it, he was like, all right, I'm coming around to it. But yeah, from some I, of the stuff I read, like it was a nightmare. Well, I mean, their makeup alone, like they like weren't allowed to like eat, during it while they had their makeup on they and like you said he had to be in a tent who they got the original yeah. uh tin man <laughs> and the, the since they they wanted to make the color pop so much it was hot as shit in, yeah in there they had the lights all the way up and yeah you know. i read like the the way they had to do the technicolor they had to have it so bright for the cameras to work where the set was like 103 degrees yeah. <laughs> for like hours like people were passing out left and right like you got to figure the tin man was literally in like a coca-cola can like i know 103 degree weather like it just I, sounded like a nightmare it sounded awful but it the result is yep yeah perfect it's beautiful it's it stood the test of time where this movie obviously like the uh the, some of the special effects don't look great but this they movie, do though they do that's one like, of the things i think even the glinda like when she appears with her bubble like yeah. For a movie from before, you know, from just, 1939, just slightly, yeah, just like, slightly after Prohibition ended, like uh, this is a film that came out, and this was their their special effects, and it 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 works, and and stuff that doesn't look great. Well, I, I mean, I can't really pinpoint it because obviously you watch it with okay, this is a 1930s movie, mm -hmm. but it just it looks fantastic. Yeah, it it's why practical effects will always be better. 
mm-hmm. than technology. Like a movie from like 1995 using the computer effects of the time. A perfect ex- awful compared perf- to practical effects. Not to cut you off, but a perfect example is Oz the Green Powerful. This is literally, if you go and watch Oz the Green Powerful, that's exactly how this movie would be made if it was made today. Yeah. Everything, a green screen clusterfuck, that looks terrible. And then you hold it up to this, where you have beautiful backdrop paintings and detailed uh, yellow brick road and just scenes that look like real. The the cornfield where the scarecrow is, that doesn't look like a real cornfield. But that looks great. The the trees that come to life look great. Uh, and I know that's more of like a prosthetic, but like there's nothing in this movie where I'm like, that looks bad. Like the Emerald yeah. City looks fantastic. The Tin Man looks great. Uh, obviously, Bert Lahr as the lion looks really good, like the way they did his prosthetics. And the attention to detail. So this is a movie that I do own in 4K. And you might think, RP, this might not be a movie you need to own in 4K. It came out in the 30s. But this is the first time watching it that I noticed the detail on the Scarecrow's face. If you yeah. look at his face, there is... It looks like a sack. I've noticed yep. that watching it today, like, too. I was like, man, that looks great. On his cheeks. And I never noticed that before. And I was really blown away by that. I was like, wow, this is something that back in the day, in a theater, probably wouldn't have picked up. You know, you, you probably wouldn't have seen that. But the fact that they did that, and he, even his just his head alone, like looks, everything looks fantastic. Yeah. And I just, this is one of the reasons I think this movie has stood the test of time because of how amazing it looks. Like they spent a week trying to determine the, the shade of yellow for the yellow brick road. Like they put that much attention to detail into the color aspect of it. Now, growing up, I always thought this is one of the first color movies and it's not, but yeah growing up that's what i thought and it's just one of the many reasons of why this movie is still good today if you watch it for the first time yeah or the hundredth time it's or the, yeah. I, like i said i knew this movie beat by beat and i still just had a good time like i'm like yeah it was just what a good movie like it's just it's What's not your, um, you get to wrap your head around and just watch it and you're just like ah okay like now the only thing i will say in the beginning it is a little some parts are a little comical where they have to allude to the the three you know the scarecrow line tin men when they're like they make it super obvious yeah they're like oh they're gonna erect a statue of me in this town one day and it's like because he was working on some contraption like that stuff made me laugh going by i was like ah i never really paid attention to that before yeah, i paid yeah. attention to the and then the farmer being afraid of the the pigs like they couldn't have made that like a more dangerous animal i suppose but what do you uh, mean because he's the cowardly lion. I know, so but pigs are in. dangerous. I get. I mean, you ever I don't see know. Hannibal? Did you watch the movie Hannibal? No, I've never seen Hannibal. They, they, they throw. Board, they, they have throw. a board game. We can we can play that. They have board game Hannibal. No, no, no. But um, no. Um, what's his name? Who plays Commissioner Gordon in uh, the Batman movies? Gary Oldman. Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman's gimmick in that movie is like throwing people into like a thing of pigs and all the pigs eat the people alive oof okay yeah. all right maybe they are a little scary then <laughs> but yeah I, even the cyclone looks amazing like yeah that was cool did you read how they did that like how much I, that costs and everything no i didn't it's like a giant like wind sock i forget like it costs like a i guess not a lot now but at that time but it's like a giant wind sock they kind of made up and they were actually like funneling dust into it and they had this giant motor like twist it one way and one to go the other way like it was like a really well constructed insane sounding contraption for not used a lot in the movie like when you see it it's not like the whole movie you're seeing this twister it's just like this one scene it's a huge plot point it's Um, a pivotal point but it's this interesting like Again, a practical effect. Now it would just be some CGI. Like, oh, there's a cow in there. True. <laughs> well, speaking of like insane, did you by chance see what the original outline of this film would have been? No. So uh, out of the, you know, the production team, out of fear that fantasy films had proven to be unsuccessful, they removed a ton of the magic elements of the story. So the original outline had the scarecrow as a man so stupid the only employment open to him was literally scaring crows from a cornfield. Uh, and the tin okay. woodsman was a criminal so heartless that he was sentenced to be placed in a tin suit for eternity. 
And then this torture softened him into somebody gentler and kinder. It sounds awful. So was she not was she not going to Oz? Was it just like I guess it was just like the neighbor next door, yeah, farmhand. Um, but eventually they went with the f- final film that we saw, but they pushed back a little bit on the fantasy by making it the dream sequence. Which I wonder if because this movie was kind of made as a combatant of Disney. Like, I wonder if that was like an original script before Snow White. I guess, you know, kind of saying like Snow White works like, oh, okay, fantasy does kind of work. Like, I wonder if that was. Well, Snow Snow White did influence this film because originally the Wicked Witch was portrayed as like sly and glamorous. And so the original actress dropped out. And that's why Margaret Hamilton came on, um, who also was hurt during production. Yeah, (laughs) We saw that, too, with the lit on fire lit on fire and she's like i'm done with fire like she was in the in the hospital and everything um well they they coat her in copper paint like <laughs> again the 30s where it's just like ah we know copper isn't good ah, but, just slather it on it where looks then, really like, great on film though but like and not to be laughing about but she developed alzheimer's later in life and people say that you can get that from like copper exposure no shit yeah i didn't know that yeah so like it's just like fuck man like come on like and then the asbestos like all the stuff like like, this this really is such a troubled production all this stuff we're talking about here it's just crazy that the movie didn't just stop or i mean it's not like it was a smooth pre-production process i mean it went through seven different rewrites and and drafts of the script it's just it's nuts and the final draft wasn't done until october which was about three months before they started filming like it was really just kind of like which nowadays scripts aren't even done when the movies are on the movies are are already filming and almost done filming so that's something mm-hmm. new but like the fact like again just the fact that this was such a troubled production so much bad stuff happened behind the scenes and we haven't even covered some of the 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 stuff with the munchkins but that this is such a a movie in the <laughs> pantheon of American cinema, but it's yeah. just so, so troubled. And one little thing could have sent this movie down a different path. Like somewhere almost over the rainbow was on the cutting room floor. Yeah. I read that too. Like that they, they cut that out. Like. They thought that it extended the Kansas scene too long and they wanted to shorten that so they could get to Oz, obviously. Yeah. Let's cut but this I mean, it's the same beautiful thing with, song out. It's the same thing with little mermaid, like little mermaid. They almost cut part of your world which is the iconic song from that film. And it's, I always find that super interesting of like who goes to bat for it and when it works and when it works and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't, it's just like, just kind of talk about the movie. Like it just works so nicely. And like, I just try to think of like, even though this wasn't the first color picture, but like that reveal of like that scene when they go through the house, mm-hmm. it just color is like, still just like wow like because you are i think how long is the beginning like 20 minutes you're kind of yeah it's in that like, sepia tone so it's just i think it's like the 18 minute mark the twister hits or something like that yeah so you're just in this world and you're just your brain is just like all right i'm watching like a, a black and white film and then when you do go through that door and it's it's such a great transition like, even though I know it's coming, I'm just like, oh, man, like, oh, look how nice this all is because you've just been watching something mm-hmm. in this bland color palette for 20 minutes. So, yep. like, when it hits you, it hits you. You're like, oh, wow, like, look how bright everything is. Yeah, I, I, that scene still kind of makes me, like, in awe. And um, you said that you you had this on earlier and your son was watching a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Now, did he dip out before the color part? Nah, he stuck around. I think the scarecrow kind of came around and he was just like, all right, I'm out of here. That's like, the best part. I, I don't try to explain that to a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, finally, it's getting interesting. Where are you going? And he's truck, yeah. truck. <laughs> <laughs> no trucks in the Wizard of no, Oz, so none. he's out. He's out. But yeah, like it just I just loved like when she goes through the door and there's I love the matte painting backgrounds. I like I love that cheesiness. Like I love mm-hmm. the the plastic flowers i love like when the munchkins come out and are wearing flowers on their shoes for some reason i, I like it's bizarre. Well, the, the flowers I, on the shoes so that's also something i picked up this time i think that was just so they could hide in the plants i guess yeah i think it was just they they're also each. terrifying like i don't their makeup and their weird prosthetics they had to wear i think I, it's in the higher hd yeah <laughs> it's 
<laughs> growing up, I never liked it growing up either. They just, the makeup and stuff was too weird for me. Yeah. Like yeah, the lollipop the lolly- trio are like, Ooh, and, what is happening here? <laughs> some of them, even while they were acting, they didn't look like they knew what they were supposed to do. Like, oh, did you, did you lollipop the one? Sure. Um, there's a one in blue that's always in frame. So it's like Dorothy, the mayor, whatever, whatever it is, the pontificators, just like, bzz, 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 bzz. I don't know, <laughs> without subtitles, I have no idea what that guy's saying. But there's a guy behind Dorothy in like blue, and he's mouthing everything. Really? He's definitely like 100% mouthing like everyone's lines, <laughs> which is funny because like you could tell their their recordings put in later. Like it's not oh, like a, so many scenes. Yeah. So he's just like kind of mouthing along while this guy's just like, and like you see this guy just back there like mouthing stuff. But like you said, there are just munchkins that are just like shaking hands, shaking hands shaking hands shaking hands like dorothy's like skipping around and they're having a conversation these mushrooms just like shake hands shake hands, shake hands. <laughs> well, i like, texted i texted you i was like watch some of the background actors because they were very genuinely funny they're like trying to do their thing and, and uh-huh. be part of the munchkid land and they're just like we love extras probably probably limited direction just like mm-hmm. okay like look jovial in the background and they're just like okay like, it's a hundred degrees in here i'm wearing this outfit <laughs> I, I mean and they, even up since 4 a.m exactly 4 a.m filming to the through the night it's just it was such a grueling process but they you know what they did a really good job yeah and did, uh, did you hear how bad they got screwed over though like no i didn't and uh before we move on to that i just want to say that the mayor of munchkin city was the last living person from this movie who died a couple of years ago oh really mm-hmm. which i found huh. that interesting that of everybody it happens to be not just a munchkin but the munchkin that's prominently center, featured yeah. in, in that in that scene that but uh no what tell me about it so just like um how we kind of talked about the contracts there was a contract a person who kind of was in charge of like if you need a monkeys you want to like ron ron was your monkey guy he kind of brought in monkeys you needed it so the little people all had their wrangler and he was basically just skimming off the top and like completely like screwing them all over. That's and so like, messed up. Yeah, it's just like, again, where it's just like, ah, that's the time. But, you know, it's probably happening today. Oh, it's but, 100%. But they were but, definitely, mis- they were poorly mistreated. Oh, then. yeah, absolutely. I did find it interesting, though, that it's not just little people in that scene. There was also definitely children. Like, yeah. The, the Lollipop Guild is definitely children. And I think it, it balances the aesthetic of, of what they were going for in Munchkinland. Yeah, that that part was fine. I forgot how little they're in it. Like, that's oh, kind yeah. of it. Yeah, like, I just, just I remember them being more featured, but... No, they are very much just like the game. Just yep. a quick chapter in, in the story. Yep, and then in the, the road, and then you find the Scarecrow, who's amazing. Best yeah. character of the movie, ca- yep. in my Always my been opinion. my favorite. I've always loved his song the best. As I've gotten older, I've actually really enjoyed the Tin Man song. I find it very funny. Like at some mm-hmm. at some aspects, and like the choreo. We are both musical fans. Uh, and yep. This was the first mu- one of the first musicals I was ever introduced to. Um, what's your favorite song? Um, I don't. It's funny because as a kid, it was probably the Lion's King of the Forest. Mm-hmm. And now I watched it, and I'm just like, ugh, like why are we doing this? Like you know, I just well, kind of. The only reason they do it is because his song is like 30 seconds. So they had to give him another one. Or am I thinking the second one? What's the second one? The second one's King of the Forest, where he dresses up with the crown and everything. Yeah, I feel like that was too long. I was like, oh my God, why are we doing this? Like, I, just, I like that song. I don't know, but I think... It, Bert Lauer is just so great in that role. He hams it up so much that it's yeah, very he, enjoyable for me. No, he's he was wonderful. We'll talk about a scene that he performed that I was to this day is my favorite part of oh, the yeah? movie. But um, probably just the I don't the wick. I think the witch is dead. The whole Munchkin Land. Like I think that that part's cool. Like I like I think I appreciate that song and everything it, happening. And it sets it. What I like about the munchkin land and everything it sets up the journey you're about to go on so well you Mm. know you're getting dropped right in the middle of a land you know nothing about and you're going to experience this with dorothy for the first time and it just sets up okay there's a ton of magical fantasy stuff going on here kind of 
there's a good witch, there's a bad witch. Yeah. And you meet the bad, you meet the meet the wicked witch right away and whatnot. But I, I think it's a great entry point into one, the Wizard of Oz. One awful edit <laughs> is when uh the witch shows up and then the not when the feet, I don't think the feet shrivel up at that point. Or maybe it is, it is. So the Glinda's just like, oh, what about the ruby slippers? And she goes over. I said, like, oh, yeah, the slippers. And goes over and then the feet roll up. And then all of a sudden, like, it cuts and the witch is just like there. And she's like, ah! <laughs> like, I, I only noticed that I had to rewind it because I said to my wife, I was like, oof, that was a rough edit. Like, it just... <laughs> I, I didn't, I'd never noticed that. I'll have to go it's back. So, yeah, it's just like, all of a sudden, she's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I like the witch. Again, it, like you said, it's just, it's, let's get the ball rolling. We've already been in this movie for 20 minutes. We're in Oz now. Here's a bunch of munchkins. Here's the bad guy. I'm a magical bubble lady. Here's your mission. Good luck. Like, no. And follow that yellow brick yep. road and skip on down. I actually. No get... backstory needed. Nope. And I got goosebumps when she starts going down the. Follow the yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. I just, I love it, man. It's. I love it's... that the road starts there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not like, hey, there's the road. It's just like a literally a circle in the town. It's just like, you are where you need to be. Go along. <laughs> So while she's going down that yellow brick road, her little buddy Toto is right next to her. And I read that it took as many as 12 takes each time to get Toto to like perfectly run alongside Dorothy. That little guy was all over the place. This movie, that was my favorite (laughs) part because like nowadays it'd be like a well-trained dog. Mm -hmm. This thing was just like, I don't know. What is this thing? What's going on? I like it in Somewhere Over the Rainbow when he hops up on the, the seat, he's just, Pawling mm-hmm. at her, and she's like, "Gotta sing she's the trying, rest of the song." Yeah, she's the and he's character. just still pawling at. I, I thought it was cute. Um, so we need the scarecrow. We're moving along, um and we run into Tin Man again. Like it's just boom, 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 boom. Let's get moving along. Got to meet our characters. Yep. um I like the Tin Man introduction. I like. I like and like he's frozen. Like it's just such a neat like that. This guy's not. Yeah, I love guy's, it. Putting along, he is stuck. <laughs> and one day he just got stuck like the statue, like the, the farmhand right. said. And then the witch magically finds him. And <laughs> oh, uh, I love she, again, the witch is like so she doesn't do anything, she just like pops up and she's like, I'm on a fire, a scarecrow, and throws a fireball and it bounces. It's like, so, speaking of like her not doing anything, and you know, we we do the movie discussion differently here, we're not gonna, you know, beat by beat. Mm-hmm. The fact that she gets beat by water and nobody like questions that that is the easiest and, thing ever. And, and that there was no setup. Like it wasn't like nowadays if they made this movie, it would have been like sprinkled in somewhere. Like Glinda would be like, oh, like don't yeah. sweat or like don't something stupid. Like no, in this like, movie, it's just like all of a sudden there's water and just like she's dead. You're like, what? Huh? There would have, what probably would have happened is there would have been like a little pond and somebody could have jumped in and almost splashed her. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. That's the only thing. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, water? Like, yeah. does she, is the witch stinky? Does she not bathe? Oh, you know she stinks. <laughs> but just like, again, it's just like, ah, oh, like water and I'm dead. You're just like, all right. Like, she's I'm like, how about a little fire scarecrow? And the scarecrow's like, no, don't put it on me. But he leans yeah. towards it anyway. <laughs> And then Dorothy just absolutely botches the water on the scarecrow and hits her. And it's just like one of those mm-hmm. things that boys was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, water, the yep. water kills the witch. You just move on. And yep. but now I'm just like, what? Done this, is, this whole movie was about, you know, stopping the witch, not stopping the witch. The witch has kind of just been yeah, there. Getting a broom. Yeah, exactly. But like, what? Yeah, I don't know. And then they're immediately amazing. just like, hell, yep. Dorothy. Hell, Dorothy. Yep. Monkeys are just like, yeah. good <laughs> they're also they're they're terrifying those movies mm-hmm. uh but that's it's one of the reasons why i love this movie it's so simple like i don't need the dad i've never you know done an in-depth discussion about the film with anybody and okay so 28 27 years later i'm now like okay yeah the water is kind of dumb yeah. do? but it's not because it's just it fits it just it need there's no explanation needed like the rest of this movie it just all right, point A to point B, whatever happens in between is what we need to happen. Exactly. But uh, so then we move on from the Tin Man. The lion, we go right to the lion. And go then... right to the lion, which is, a, I love the lion's introduction. He's just like, 
jumps out and are all scared of him and then she slaps the shit out of him and then that's <laughs> I it Done i still laugh at the how about counting sheep why don't you try counting sheep <laughs> that doesn't do any good i'm afraid of him <laughs> yeah like, he's afraid of everything and then you know his costume's great uh it's real lion fur really yeah real lion like hide 90 pounds it's all together i think the costume they said weighed like a hundred something pounds. Holy shit. In hundred degree weather. God, God bless these actors, man. That's guy, rough. He had to drink like all his lunch through milkshakes, but essentially like Yeah, I saw that. Because it would take a, an hour to take off. So he would have to like go to lunch, take the makeup off for an hour, and then reapply for an hour just to like eat. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um uh, speaking so... of slapping, did you hear the rumor about Dorothy getting slapped? Oh by yeah. The director? Yeah, I heard to laugh, but it's just like, again, part of that is they were so focused on Judy Garland's body image, her weight, hiding her breasts. So they they went to so many lengths to hide her figure, try and keep her weight down. So they gave her uppers and downers, which would cause the laughing fits. And so I I would assume that that's what happened. But she said she couldn't stop laughing at Burr Lauer's. You know, it was during the King of the Forest. So Victor Fleming smacks the shit out of her. Yeah. Um, And then. You know, when the scene was done filming, Victor felt so bad and he wanted the entire cast to punch him. And Judy Garland went up and kissed him on the cheek. Yeah, it was just like, all right, stop laughing, get to work, smack. Like, it's just like <laughs> it's that crazy. would never happen. And no, then it's, it's crazy. It's ludicrous. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The drug things, like and her she's... being on uppers and downers. She said she went to sleep for like days because she was so. And this movie ultimately is what everybody is points blamed, to, yeah. to her demise. She notoriously struggled with, with drugs and, and alcohol. And, and not only was she smacked on the set, she endured a ton of harassment from whether it's the studio, the director, the casting crew would always be pointing at her girl's features. And the, the munchkins apparently were, were some of the worst. That they were always pinching her and, and making yeah I read that prop- too like, like reaching up her dress and yeah and making propositions to her for for sex and and everything and it's terrible she was so young I think I, I don't seventeen not, yeah she was so seventeen years old to go through that and still deliver the performance that she delivers I, I think she's rock solid in this movie until the very end when they're back in in Kansas and she's you know got to be like you were there and you were there yeah. And I was like, ah, this this part's not good. But, <laughs> she did the uh, best. She, she did, did the best she could she with that writing. <laughs> but speaking of who did an amazing job, Oz, the guy who plays Oz, because he's the he's everybody in the Emerald City, which is one of my favorite scenes. And as they go through and they ride, you know, the horse of a different color, as it changes from cut to cut to cut. But he is every single worker in there. He's the doorman. Then he is the chauffeur, and then he's the the something else. Then he's the doorman again. Mm-hmm. which i love that i think that's great and then when he's crying when it's just the, clearly oh, the water the pouring down yes. hilarious it still made me laugh and i don't know if that's intent i don't know what the purpose of that was but it still makes me laugh yeah that was a great one um you know this is one of the first uh movies to have like licensed tees like merchandise really and the uh, the shirt that they made to promote the movie was the same shirt that the the people cutting the lion. They have a shirt that's just green. It says Oz on it. That's cool. And they huh? actually made those shirts for merchandise, and they were wearing it in the movie. That is a fun very fact. Cool. A fun fact for you. That is fun fact. I didn't know that. Um, but I'm out of fun facts now. I, I don't really have any more facts about the about the film. Uh, but it's just crazy to me that all this shit happened, and the movie's still fantastic yeah. and it did lose two academy awards to go on with the win or i think it lost to go on with the win yeah but, you but can't it won two to win. It, but it won two and then but it went kind of the movie kind of went away and if it really wasn't for the re-release and and what really pushed it was the uh showings on tv because this is before vhs tapes and dvds and and movies being re-released in theaters all the time once it was out of theaters you couldn't see it again so yeah like i said people would really look forward to thanksgiving night i believe it was it was thanksgiving or it was christmas i think it was thanksgiving i think they read that too yeah and they would show the wizard of oz on on tv on on cbs i believe and that's also why if you've seen a christmas story uh in the beginning there's a parade and the wizard of oz are part of that like yeah they're part of that parade and you might go what the hell this is a christmas parade what are they doing there but it was so ingrained in the culture yeah. at the time that that's 
what everybody did. And thank God. And it is, according to the U.S. Library of Congress, it is the most seen film in history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. I understand why. I mean, it's probably one of the most played ones, too, because every kid, you know, growing up, even my cousin Haley loved this movie. We had so much Wizard of Oz merchandise, and this was constantly on the loop. And it's just crazy to me that too that as much as i loved it as a kid and replayed it replayed it replayed it so much so that i get like i said my sister and my mom hate it because i loved it so much (laughs) uh that i still love it to this day for uh real quick because we were getting there the uh the scene that i love (laughs) cracked me up you watched it today was after they see the wizard and he's just like get me dorothy's broom and he's like go and the coward line runs (laughs) all the way up the high all the way up the hallway and then dives out the window <laughs> and then it just cuts to black yeah <laughs> it cuts to black and then all of a sudden they're in the forest again like no no, no it, transition needed it's just it's like just all scary. right and he did his thing so this that also there was a part in the scene so the movie the original run time of the movie was two hours which they were they that's too long for a kid's movie for a family movie we need to mm-hmm. cut this down so they did cut out the jitterbug which is a a classic song at this point if you have the soundtrack or you've seen the broadway show or any show anywhere it's 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 in it's I in think, there i think that was a good cut though because i, I agree like, too i feel like that would have dated it because that was a song of the time yeah so yeah. i think i think them kind of cutting it was a good call whether or not they had that reasoning but it's just like i hear that song and i'm just like oh this is the jitterbug like it's a real song yeah which is weird, and I agree. And it's not one of the songs uh, that was written by Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg. All these years loving this movie, never once knew the song. Oh, the, the it's song. not like you know the um, the Sherman Brothers or yeah. whoever writes Linwell Miranda. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, so I think that was a good cut just for purposes of not dating it because it doesn't have like a poppy song. Because I have sometimes you watch a movie and it'll have some song in there, and you're like, oof, like this is a. <laughs> it's an old song like we put in sometimes here it, sometimes it works sometimes but yeah like i mean like like a 2000s movie is they're the worst when they have like this very like 2000 oh, pop yeah. song in there and you're like oh <laughs> it's like michelle branch everywhere yeah exactly um so were you surprised to learn that this movie wasn't a box office success yeah kind of i but i i also read that mgm would do this a lot oh like, really like these, they would have these movies that were more to like flex, like to be like, hey, like we, we have this. like these auteur movies of just like, hey, check this movie out, like we could do this, and they would let movies bomb sometimes. And I don't, I, I, I guess because MGM was like the king at the time, so it's just like, hey, we made Wizard of Oz, like look at this. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know why like that would happen. Like it's almost, it makes me think of like the, the movie to producers the musical where it's just like flop is like more of a hit <laughs> so i don't well, know i mean that's ad- a lot of the some of the oscar movies are t- still to this day but kind of flops mm-hmm. they don't make those big movies but this was made for like 2.8 million dollars i'm not sure what that equates to I th- yeah i think it broke even though like i don't think it was it a- made more but when you put into the production they they said their marketing it, they like it, lost a mil it, maybe, they lost like a million yeah. dollars on it by god they've made it hand over fist oh yeah uh, now i think now the current box office total is only like 30 million and i think that includes like re-releases because now it was just re-released back in august and i really wish i would have known that because i would have went I, di- I didn't know if for judy garland's 90th birthday or something okay. i think is what it was or I think she might was, be 100 <laughs> like a- i think it, it maybe it was her yeah maybe it was judy garland's 100th birthday um yeah, that, that's what it was. It was Judy Garland's 90th birthday. They re-released it in June, and I didn't know that. I would 100% mm. went. Uh, well, 10 and then, years. 10 years for 100th. It'll be back. So. And then, yeah, for the 80th, they re-released it in IMAX. Mm. So, yeah, it's been re-released multiple times, but when you do a movie like this, people don't really go. Um, yeah. Well, then I also, would. like I, I was kind of saying, this was like a kid's movie, so uh, I think a, a kid's ticket was like two cents compared <laughs> to adults. And I was kind of joking, but it's probably true. Where like these kids are probably getting off their dangerous steel mill job and then walk into the theater by themselves. Like parents weren't. weren't it's not like now it. where it's like you can offer free kids movie tickets and then charge parents eighteen dollars right. a ticket because they're bringing their kids. Bringing their kids. So it's like back then they're probably just like covered in ash and smoke and <laughs> putting Different. little pennies up <laughs> to buy tickets. 
different time, man. A different time. The good old days. Yeah. So if you had to, I don't remember if we did this for the other ones. If you had to rate this out of five stars, what would you give it? That's a five. Yeah. Like this is one of those ones. It's the same thing with Jaws. Like I know Jaws has problems and I think Alien, I, I think Alien you know, only gave like four for certain reasons, but I think I would just give this a five just for being a classic. And like I said, I think the the uh, technology and the tricks they did at the time were amazing. I think it just, and they still look amazing. I And I, they do. And I agree. I would give this a five star. It's a shock. It's my favorite movie. It told up. I think it's the perfect family movie. Um, you have something in there for everybody. It's not as jokey as, you know, some of the family movies are today. There's still some really good laughs in there. But this is a classic and movies this old don't yeah, really how many other movies have you like besides the only like, probably gone with the wind what are 1939 movie have you watched and i've never seen gone watch. with the wind oh yeah you haven't that's right i love gone with the wind but but this movie's still on tv from time to time yeah it's it used to be on cartoon network all the time i don't know what gone with the wind's probably the only other one that plays other than that like citizens kane's talked about but it's not shown. You don't see that on, mm-hmm. you know, TNT or TBS around the holidays. Like this is the same the... year, thirty nine for Citizen Kane. Uh, it is. That's an impressive lineup. Still, no, nineteen forty one. So it was okay. after. But yeah, the two movies that are relevant from that year were directed by the same people. I find that very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's also just super impressive to me that. I mean, even going with the wind, you don't really see it on TV. You see Wizard of Oz on the TV. If it's a holiday, there's a 95% chance it's on, you know, Turner Movie Classics or it's on TNT or TBS somewhere at least once. Yeah. And the fact that that it stays relevant is just incredibly impressive and a tribute to a tribute to the film. And my favorite scene, and it's just crazy too. My favorite scene is probably. Uh, like I said, the Emerald City scene, but there's so many iconic shots in there that are referenced in other films. And and this movie has been parodied and referenced on fat, like on so many different times, yeah. you know, and one of my favorite like uh, nods to it uh, is the, the episode of Scrubs where they, they do their Wizard of Oz episode and it's, it's elements of the story in Scrubs and it's a fantastic episode. And for something to be, you know, parodied like that or or referenced or acknowledged mm-hmm. and to still, still be and still to this day is and and, and still not be like ah it's the wizard of oz like whatever but yeah still just hold this movie very near and dear and it makes me really happy and i've tried to read the book and i just like don't care but and we talked about it the other day like the, the amount of spinoffs that still are relevant for the wizard of oz like a couple of years yeah. ago they tried to do a tv show with vincent d'onofrio and that didn't really work and the Dorothy Must Die books, Oz the Great and Powerful, so on and so forth. The Muppets, the cart that a couple years ago, maybe like 10 years ago at this point, there was a cartoon in theaters. It was Dorothy Goes to Oz. Um, it was one of those like one. really like <laughs> like cheap made like okay. ones, but it's just it's a it's a cult classic film and one of the ones that I just I cherish and I love deeply, and I have a ton of memories associated with it. And this is one of those movies that I'm just really happy exists. Yeah, for sure. So if they were to ruin it and remake it, <laughs> how we kind of talked about Jaws. We so did talk I about did. Alien. I think Alien would have been hard to recast because they're it would just be Sigourney Weaver. Uh-huh. But I think this movie would be. Well, spe- hold on. Speaking of a Sigourney Weaver, you know, okay. she's she's back in, in, in Avatar 2 as Jake Sully's kid Avatar. So I always I don't she remember dies. that movie at all. Okay, she's dead. All right, but she's playing their baby that they they, they had hair. sex with their hair, hair. And, and they have a baby. She's playing that child as as Sigourney uh, Weaver. I don't understand. Uh, oh, it. okay. All right, I, and she's like watching videos of the doctor that died. It's baffling to me. Yeah. I, I can't wrap my hand my head around those dumb movies, but yeah, I don't like that movie. So, yeah. so <laughs> all right. So anyway, if they were to recast or, or remake this film and do the all time worst decision ever, who do you are you asking me like if I were to recast it like normal? I know we, we didn't do so, this for the LM. So let's say like this is like um 
I'm trying to think like an auteur director wants to do this like somebody like how spielberg redid west side story and he had so, changed much of it but he was like i love this movie i want to do it again so let's say we have a director who's like that who's going to come in and like give it the grace and beauty it deserves without messing it up so you, you know who would come in and do it and i think this guy's very hit or miss and he has a very unique style Boz is it tarantino lerman. oh no, no. i was gonna say tarantino because i know he loves wizard of oz Boz lerman would bring in those old those time period songs like now mm-hmm. and like he did with elvis he brought rap into elvis well i'm not saying i'm saying same music yeah yeah everything yeah. i'm just i'm just saying who do I think could handle could. it? I think Bob Lerman could do it. I think he could, but it could also be a massive train wreck. Yeah. Um, but I think he has the, the color palette to handle this. Mm-hmm. I think he has a unique style that can make you throw up and or make you really enjoy something. I like Lerman. I like his work. I liked Gatsby a lot. Mm-hmm. And people have liked Elvis, but he has just a very flashy style that I think could work. And could cu- try to capture the the magic of the 30s. So that's what I'm going for. It's not going to be like The Rock as Dorothy. No, like, no, not no, a joke no. you want. I'm saying like if a, a, a director with some clout comes in and a studio says like, yes, do The Wizard of Oz again with the same style. Like no CGI. Like just a real classic slap the actresses type <laughs> style of like the 30s. And they're casting it. I just I'm trying to like pinpoint a director like I Boz mean I'm could, not glad to say Spielberg just because like Boz could Spielberg would give it the reverence could use like I said I, I go Tarantino. I'm, I'm going, uh, okay Tarantino <laughs> and Taika I feel like could capture the magic of it but I feel mm. like it would just be well, the problem with Thor love and thunder a joke every other thing which, mm. wouldn't, which wouldn't work but he could he has that ability to capture that magic, but I'm, I'm going Boz and it's a very, okay. yeah, Boz a good it. one. I didn't think of him. So then let's start with our lead actress. Who would, okay. who would you pick? So for Dorothy, I would go young. Like I would, I would, she's meant her. to be 14 she's supposed years to be like, old. is it 14? I thought it was younger for some reason. So I have like a 10 year old, <laughs> which is, which is fine. Um, I think the, the girl who plays young princess Leia, I think would do a really good job realistically they would put like zendaya in it who i also think would do a bang up job but i would rather see young than someone play young i couldn't name you a young person yeah that's why i just want princess life if you (laughs) think if what would your guess be for me as dorothy yeah if you could uh hermione yeah that's (laughs) who i would go with i think emma watson would do a fantastic job but she's a little bit older um so i think who could do a good job billy bobby brown okay I, I i can see it i'm not saying it would be perfect but i think so the only, the only reason i'm going well i don't yeah i don't know billy bobby brown could sing like a lot of the people i, I think have she can i think she have can some like good like zendaya is obviously a singer and like some of the other cast i picked it can sing just to add to that old musical style of like well that. so millie by brown i'm sure could sing because every talented person could do everything so i'm sure she can i think yep. she sang on fallon actually so she she might actually yeah, be able like that every super talented person could do really anything anybody in, that, so. in hollywood okay. that's very true that's why they're that's why they're actors and yep. stars uh so for the scarecrow i thought long and hard about this and i said there has to be a unique i'm not going for the the specific gray bulger type because that type of actor is not really round anymore the the very like Lucy goosey mm-hmm. very extra and who has pipes i went with you and mcgregor oh, okay I thought, you, I thought we were gonna match for a second <laughs> if you have seen moulin rouge his iteration of your song is amazing and mm-hmm. it's a it's a showstopper who do who did you have i went with andrew garfield oh my god that could definitely work like a very uh but comically can... like can play the comically goofy can also play i feel like act out like well and can sing we learned so yeah but i feel like i could see him more as actually the tin man because i feel like he that's a that's actually a fantastic casting thank you tin man was the one one i had the hardest time with so my tin man idris alba okay yeah there you go perfect that was the first person i thought of like immediately like i went through and i had bang 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 and then i was like a couple of them i wasn't really sure Mm. sure. i have uh i have walton goggins (laughs) 
as the Tin Man. <laughs> I think he could pull it off. Like I, I think he's a great actor in everything he does. He was the one where I was like, who would I want to see as a Tin Man that could also work? And like, I think Walt Goggins could do a good job. He was also my <laughs> scarecrow for a minute. I love, I love Walton Goggins. He's great. I did too. So for the lion, I, this is the one I had the hardest time with. Originally, I was like the easy answer, Jack Black, and I was like, nah, nah, nah I don't want, I don't want that. Nah, and then I thought maybe David Harbor could work. Okay. But I ended up settling on Paul Rudd, and I feel like he does that sincereness mm-hmm. and that goofiness that fits with the now very well. Okay. Um, I kind of just thought about it. it. Seems like you don't love it. It, this was the hardest casting. It's not my favorite, but yeah, like I had a hard, I had a hard time with Tim Man, so you had a hard time with Lion. Like, and just... like you think more of a bulky actor because that's just kind of how he was portrayed. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's nobody that I that really sticks out to me now. I mean, I'm sure once you say yours, I'll be like, you might not who? agree, but who? I went with uh, Matt Barry from. He's on What You Do in the Shadows. He's one of the guys on there. He was on. The British IT crowd. He was the voice of the robot in Boba Fett, the little okay, the one I, who come in to give bad news. I could I could see that. So he can um, he can sing. He has like an album, like a record, like a little band. He puts CDs out. Um, I think he's like a good actor. I think he's a good comically trained actor, but I also think I've seen him play like the more sincere characters. Like his character on IT crowd was very like over the top and like kind of a dickhead. But then also, as he learned, like, to become more human kind of on that show, because he's a bit outlandish, like, he played it well. So I I think Matt Barry was, he was one of the first ones I thought of. That's That works with me. Um, So this next one is one that I have perfect casting. I think nobody could play this role better than Oz, Benedict Cumberbatch. He does that. He's he's too young for me. He's like, he's old. (laughs) He He could play... James Franco was like a young Oz. He could play such a dickhead and also mm-hmm. such a sincere per it's that balance that he does with Sherlock. It's what he, you see he does in, yeah. in Dr. Strange. Like he does that balance very well. And he just, to me, he looks like what Oz should look like. Okay. Very like old school British. He doesn't got to do his American accent. Like I want the British accent, even though it doesn't fit with the beginning of the film in Kansas. This was the one that I was like hundred percent. No doubt. Absolutely. All right um i had a tough at first i said christoph waltz yeah that would work because i was like ah he's kind of but i mean as far as like time i gave you about uh Cumberbatch not being young i'm a hugh jackman <laughs> <laughs> i think hugh jackman fuck, could... fuck hugh jackman as the tin man that's who oh, would man. work that would absolutely work but i think <laughs> hugh jackman could do like the growly like scary big head but then mm-hmm. like the goofy like yeah oh, he could do a hot air balloon like and clearly he loves musicals so i do that could be good i'm, I'm not gonna waver on my odds my benedict i just That's this fine. is one that i that was the one i thought of first was like immediately. we'll leave it up we give as the like directors we give the idea and then the casting agents handle it. so we'll pass it off we're looking Very for a bender a cumberbatch or hugh jackman type <laughs> <laughs> so then i have i have two people left i've glenda and the wicked witch yeah i didn't do um, any i'm an audit yeah no 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 yeah glinda was one of the ones too i kind of had this gut but as we sit here and talk about it i'm not sure i had emily blunt as glinda the good witch and i feel like that kind of works but i also feel like my favorite person nicole kidman could probably do a bang-up job and kind of looks the looks the role okay Um, what do you think i had beyonce just because i don't i don't love her but i think glinda's not a character who's in it a lot and you need your show-stopping like grandiose person Mm -hmm. to just kind of come in and i feel like that's what beyonce would do and she's you're right i actually really like that i don't love beyonce like but i i I think she's a good actress i think she's a great singer so i think she could pull it off and and beyonce has this such a soft a presence (laughs) a presence and a soft speaking Mm -hmm. voice that if you've seen her in her acting roles like when she listens it's just really soft on the ears, just like her beautiful voice. And I actually really like that. Sorry, Emily Blunt. Beyonce's taking the stage here. Uh, I thought I did it. You to, know, the okay. left. to the left. To the left. Follow the yellow brick road to the yeah. left. Um, and then for the Wicked Witch, I had two. And now that I kind of think about it, too, 
just pull him from Wicked and Dina Menzel might work. Okay. Um, but the ones I have is Kate Blanchett or Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder is interesting. That's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. I have a uh, I have Tilda Swinton. Yeah, which her and Kate Blanchett, I feel like, are just interchangeable. Yeah, interchangeable. But I think where again, like even though the Wicked Witch, like is like I think Tilda Swinton could pull that ferocity off, but also still have. They would, if the movie came out now, they would give her a second side. She wouldn't just be all. Oh evil. yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if she she could still play that like terrifying witch persona, but still have a bit of humanity to it, which I think, like, by giving that the the school, like the what's her name in the beginning, who wants to to Toto, like, I think she could oh. play that role well and the witch role well. Like, I don't know, like, but you're right. If they did now, they would give her some. Viola Davis would probably work too. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's great in Suicide Squad and kind of that hard ass role. Yeah, Um, I love like the the reason I thought Tilda Swinton immediately is I I love she plays like Gabriel the Angel and Constantine. The movie itself's not great, but the end of the movie with her like character is so good because she just mm -hmm. plays like this evil, but she's still like an angel. Duality of it, and I think that's what like I think the witch would really benefit from of just like all right like. She's evil, but also you killed her sister. You dropped the house on her. So it's like she's. <laughs> so there was two actors that I felt should be in this recast. I just didn't know where they fit. Maybe you can help me with this. All right, hit me with it. Nick Cage. Okay, he's the monkeys. <laughs> he's, he's I originally every the one like I said I I did I struggled a little. I knew why why are we putting Nick Cage in this movie? Because I feel like he would be a good Tin Man. All right. Hey, but I like Idris Elba. Hey, no. <laughs> I love the cage, but he has a lane. He does have a lane. But I, I feel like he would just thrive in this. You know, just hey, his face as, hey. the, as, as the Oz projection face. There you it's, go. Just, it's just his face. He could um, be the projection of yeah. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> like, a Benedict Cumberbatch. A Benedict Jackman. And uh, Tom Hiddleston. I just feel like. He's the Munchkins. He, they wouldn't do that. They would get real little people actors like they did back then no they're not allowed remember uh what's his name that snow white and the huntsman did that well no who am i am i getting it backwards didn't uh Tyrion wasn't he mad about snow white he was mad about them not casting real little people i think no i thought they cast am i mixing it up maybe i thought he was mad that like they're getting typecast as oh you know what? You are right. That is that was a story a couple a couple months ago. Years ago, it was years ago. At this point, I feel like. Well, no, because it was for the it's for the new Disney one. Yeah, and they completely got rid of dwarves because he was he was calling it out, saying like, "Oh, we're just typecast as these creatures." So it would be yeah. the same thing with Munchkins. Fuck it. You know who would be my Dorothy? Rachel Zegler from West Side Story, who's playing that Snow White. I love her singing voice, and I oh, love she's... her in West Side Story. She looks young enough. She was also on, uh, she was just on uh, Blank Check Podcast. Oh, really? And she was super funny. <laughs> yeah. Really? I'll yeah. have to listen to that. Um, for what movie? Uh, all That Jazz or whatever. They're doing like some old musical ones, which okay. are I enjoy. Because I love her in West Side Story. And I think she would be fantastic in yeah. Wizard of Oz. So she was on talk about Cabaret. Okay. Which is a great movie. But uh, yeah, she was super funny. I was like, wow. I was like, who is this? And I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's West Side Story Girl. Because she mm-hmm. was she was talking about like personal stories with Steven Spielberg. And they're yeah. just like, they're like, oh, humble brag. She's like, yeah, I want to deliver a present to like his offices. They're like, oh, no big deal, right? Just walk in to deliver <laughs> a birthday present to Steven Spielberg. I mean, he plucked her out of a high school production, which yeah. I feel like she's just perfect for Dorothy. So she'll Tom be, Hiddleston somewhere. He could be, be your backup cast for everything. Really. Um, but I think that's all I have. Yeah. To see what to leave it up to the audience uh, if they would cast uh, Benedict Cumberbatch or Hugh Jackman. Yeah, we'll have a vote who's yeah. casting they like better. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I like I I'm glad we did this movie. And when we were talking about board games to movies originally, I don't think this game was even out yet. Like this kind of. Because we we planned this a while ago, and I was like, "All right, these are the games that are based on movies." Mm-hmm. And I forget what movie game this Wizard of Oz game bumped out. But as soon as I I sent you the picture of like the Wizard of Oz game, you're like, "And that's the summer." I was yep. like, "That's fine." 
And I was like, all right, like Wizard of Oz, like, okay. But like, I'm glad we did this one because it is what it is. And like I said, it was a nice, it's a nice break between Jaws, Alien, Jurassic Park, but a little Wizard heavy. of Oz. And now what are we doing next? Like Potter is Potter's like another, so another light one. And then Fast and Furious. But it's the month <laughs> of magic. You know, two magical yeah. movies, family-based. July, which you go to the theater to see. You see these, you know, this movie came out in August. But mm-hmm. you go to the theater to see movies in, in July that make you feel uplifted and are, yeah, are drag very... Your, drag your kids to shut them up for two hours. Deck, you take them to see The Rise of Gru or Thor Love and Thunder. Like, whatever you do. But... It just, or you take them to, back in the day, you take them to Blockbuster so they could pick out a movie and oh, uh, Blockbuster. miss it. I was talking about it the other day at work. I just, that talk about the magical land of Oz. It was the magical land of Blockbuster. We didn't know how good we had it. Mm-mm, now everything's just at their fingertips. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. But I think that does it for us here. Unless you got anything else to. No, about. no. I think that's it. Go I'm watch glad. it if you haven't. And if you haven't watched it in a couple of years, go watch it. Yeah, it was just on sale with Prime Day. You could have got it for ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it comes back in theaters, let me know because I would love yeah. to see it in theaters. I never have. But that does it for us here. Remember to rate, like, and subscribe. We're halfway through this blockbuster summer, and we hope you're enjoying it. Always check out the Instagram. Uh, we're gonna have some stuff coming up there real soon with the Twenty One Pips, uh, I believe, or maybe a mini episode. And um, check out our T Public store. Thank you so much. Be kind. Subscribe. All right, bye-bye. See ya. I would while away the hours Conferring with the flowers Consulting with the rain And my head I'd be scratching While my thoughts were busy hatching If I only had a brain I'd unravel every riddle For every individual Trouble and pain With the thoughts I'd be thinking And think some more I would not be just a nothing My head all full of stuffing My heart all full of pain I would dance and be merry Life would be a ding-a-dairy If I only had a brain If I only Think some more. Yeah, it would be kind of pleasing to reason out the reason for things I can't explain. Then perhaps I'd deserve you and be even worthy of you if I only had a brain. I could dance. And